Uh, welcome to Between the Soup. It's the show where friends become closer friends and the show where I talk to people about their ideas and expertise so that way you can learn from their unique experiences. I'm your host, Gilbert, and today we are joined by Noah Shepard. I met Noah through our mutual friend, Nicole. So shout out Nicole for introducing us. Um, Noah is a bassist and drummer for the band Ephemeral and maintains a passion for music, fitness, and meditation. And in this episode, I will mostly be asking Noah about his involvement in creating music with his band and how persisting through creative challenges can amplify your life. Uh, I'm very excited, obviously, that you're able to come by. So uh, I know that we've only talked a handful of times, so... Mm. It's cool that you were open to coming by. So, hoping they were all pleasant. So, <laughs> the, the one, I guess, two times. Two times, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, welcome to Between the Soup. Sick. All right. Uh, correction. I am the drummer only in the. Oh, the movie. drummer. Okay. Yeah, but I play bass. Like, like that was okay. like my, that was like my first instrument was bass. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, just fucking, just you know, it, just, just like, cut, just cut, cut this. I'm no. l- fucking leaving. Okay. Um. Yeah. Good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, I guess. Very brief life story. I am man. <laughs> the end. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so I live in Phoenix, Arizona now. Okay. I've lived here for about eight years. Okay. Well, I think, when did I move here? Oh, it's like nine years now. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, nine years. You know, this coming up October. Um, I'm originally from Silver City, New Mexico, which is like a hmm. little town pseudo village. In my opinion, Pseudo Pseudo. It's, like, it's like a city for sure, but it's, okay. it's like very, you know, just a lot of dirty, a lot of dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous part of the state. Um, there's like the Gila National Forest, which is like one of the most beautiful and, and desolate uh, parts of all of America. It's fucking amazing. Uh, a lot of natural hot springs. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, completely gorgeous. Like, like, five, like I think it's like six or seven thousand feet. So you get like all those seasons. It's a high desert, New Mexico. Okay. Where is it in relation to like stuff that I would know? What do you know? You know Breaking Bad. I know. I knew you were gonna fucking. I think Breaking Bad's overrated. I know, but you're gonna say fucking Albuquerque because that's yeah, (laughs) yeah, fucking Albuquerque, bro. What other? What else is in New Mexico? Santa Fe. That's in New Mexico. Yep. I don't know where that's at, and like. So that's all. That's all northern shit. Okay. Yeah. Albuquerque and Santa Fe are northern. Yeah. Uh, Santa Fe is like an hour north of Albuquerque, or or a couple hours. I haven't been there in fucking years. I'm just. We have the power of the internet. I'm just gonna look up. Do we really? Yeah. So New Mexico. Yeah, Albuquerque is like eight hours from here, and I think Santa Fe is like nine. Anyway, um, yeah, so I grew up in New Mexico, and um, my dad mm. was really into jazz, and my mom was, like, really into, like, Prince and shit. You like jazz? Yeah, do you like jazz? Yeah, so, like, um, and I was, like, kind of raised hippie, so we all, like, kind of, we all had, like, the same, like, bed area that we all slept in, and so my dad would play um, jazz, like, hard like hard bop, bebop, jazz at night while we were going to sleep. And so like that's like that's what I was raised to. <clears throat> like and my mom was like really really into Pink Floyd. Um but actually I didn't, I never really got into Pink Floyd until like later in my life. I'm like, "Oh yeah, fucking Pink Floyd's a shit." But like it just like didn't do anything for me. But like jazz, that was like I don't know what the fuck this is. This is sick. And then I uh, grew yeah, I grew up in New Mexico and I joined a band about was like 10 or 12 years ago uh, called vivicide and they were from phoenix like i would uh, i was in my first band uh prey among wolves with my buddies from new mexico and like we would like try to play up in albuquerque and like it's just impossible to get shit done in in the band it's like i mean that's 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 why it's like not every band quote unquote makes it or goes very far because like there's there's things that you have to have and mm-hmm. you, if you don't have one of those things then the whole thing will fall apart like you have to all be friends in my opinion you have to all be driven to do this uh drive is like actually number one um you have to play you know good music that's mm-hmm. <laughs> something that's, that's going to appeal to somebody and you have to just really want to sacrifice yourself and, and and do it up and just be honest you know um so like there's like you know many bands that have really stood the test of time with that but like they, they you don't go that extra mile unless you have all of those things so uh my first band didn't have like hardly any of those things so it, like we all we all wrote really good music and that was like the, the only thing that we we really had so i was we were playing a show how did it really go i was i went to go see a uh one of my favorite bands called gojira and they were they, re- they released um 
their record, The Way of All Flesh, and they were touring on that with uh, The Chariot and who the fuck else? Oh, Car Bomb. Oh my God, that was a sick show. Car Bomb opened, but they didn't have their vocalist. It was like an instrumental Car Bomb show. Mm-hmm. And then The Chariot, which like wasn't my thing, and then Gojira. Like a fucking, like I lose my absolute mind over Gojira. Um, so I met the, my dudes, um, Kevin Coulter and, De- and uh, Dylan Troxel at that show. And then, uh, we like set up a show in Phoenix one time and I was like, yeah, let's, let's like play this show. And then I, this I saw, is with your second band. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was like, me joining the second band and, uh, they made a Facebook post that their bassist was like leaving and like, I heard their stuff and it's like, it's like really fun music, like really just dark and brutal kind of shit. And so... I messaged them randomly because, like, I was a drummer in in my first band, and they just they didn't know I played uh, bass at all. Mm-hmm. And um, so I messaged them like, "Do you want like a fill-in bass player?" And like, "Yeah, sure, but you live in New Mexico. And, like, I'm I'm a fucking idiot. So like, yeah, I'll do that because like, I'll just say yes to anything because that's that's sick. And I like, but I I pursue them because I I like them as well. And so uh, we practiced like one time, and it was like, "Yeah, you're you should." do this with us for sure I'm like yeah sounds great so i would like so i joined the band then like every other every month i think we had a show so i would like drive out from new mexico which is like four and a half hours but it was like it was i i like that's i think that's where i developed my love for the road was those those drives because like i really got to like just be by myself and just like really jam tunes and and then we'd play shows and it was like a lot of fun um and so 2014 um, yeah, 2014, I decided to move there because of a breakup and mainly because but like that. And also like we were starting to get some traction, like we should really, really fucking do this. So like, um, I decided to move up there and then like a month and a half before our, um, singer at the time decided to quit and he was like the main songwriter. I'm like, okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to move up anyway, because I've already got everything in line. So I moved up and we, um, me and the drummer decided to, to form a new band, which is called Hotto. And that lasted about five years. We still kind of, we're probably going to release our record at some point, but that's a different story. Um, so I've been here since 2014 and I live with, um, two of the dudes that I grew up with who are easily my best friends. Um, and I'm very, very grateful to be here. Nice. So, from I guess from your story that you just um, <laughs> that you just talked about, what? Uh, so it sounds like you had a big influence in like music from your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess at what what age did you kind of realize like oh th- like you know music's really interesting to me too, and I want to like learn. Oh, um, uh, either that like instruments or just generally how music works or stuff like that. So before, so first and foremost, I'm I'm a performer before I'm I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. Like this is always how it's been. I've like I used to like do dance when I was uh, in in school. Actually, that's how I met my uh, my best friend Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met through because like uh, in in uh, in Silver, we had this thing that came through uh, called NDI. It was called the National Dance Institute. And it started in New York uh, from this dude, Jacques Dembois. And he was like, he was from France, came to New York, made this thing. And I forgot what other cities he did that in. But anyway, one of them was, was Silver. So we have like, you know, a number of elementaries in our, you know, 10 mile radius of a town. And they, we all got together to do this like community production. So he, I was from Jose Barrios and he was from uh, Harrison Schmidt school. And like, I, I never would have met him be, beside that. So like, but it was like the love of performing. Like I love being on stage. I love being in front of people. Um, which is ironic cause I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm mostly introverted mm-hmm. to a degree. Like I don't really do much or talk to many people, but if I'm on stage, it's like a completely different story. Hmm. Um, and my dad, he, he used to, he, he was an actor. Um, and we all like love movies, just like in the performing and, you know, seeing live things. It's like always been a huge part of uh, what has like drawn me to do anything. So, yeah, so performing first and then, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? I kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, just like <laughs> what, um, I guess when, oh, when did you start learning? Got you. Um, or what made your what sparked your interest to learn in the first place? So there was like uh, it's, it's really funny. So the first like th- inkling of something was like I never heard heavy music, and I I think my brother Lucian he brought in like the Twister soundtrack, 
like that really bad fucking movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's an okay movie, but um, uh, with Bill Paxton. Yeah. And so like, but it was like a rock playlist, and I remember I was like like six or seven or maybe even five, like you know, playing air guitar in front of the the mirror, like this is fucking sick. And like, I want to, I want to. I was like, this is so cool. I like doing this, just like hours on end, just like playing the soundtrack over and over. And then I was like uh, eight, eight or nine. Then my uncle Michelle showed me a uh, a live DVD of Rammstein. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cool. That's ridiculous on every level. And I don't know if you know who Rammstein is. Yeah. 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 Have you seen like their lives? Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Uh, but like how, it wasn't even like the, the live show itself was was insane. It was like how the guitar player like played on that DVD. Like how he like, like um, played with his whammy bar and... Uh, um, like this overall just like stage presence was like that's like that is the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen. I wanna mm-hmm. do that. Um so when it came when it came time came time to like play music, I uh I was like really influenced by um Primus mm-hmm. when I was like you know, twelve. My brother brought in Primus and like I remember I uh I heard uh, Les Claypool playing, I think it was like um, this this track called Is It Luck? And I was like, what the, like that doesn't make any sense. How is that a bass guitar doing any of that? I want to learn how to do that. So that's what kind of started everything. Mm-hmm. And then I heard like Fear Factory. And, and, that, and that was like another thing of like uh, drums. Like I, I, I was obsessed with learning how to play that fast. Like how can anybody possibly play that fast like that like that doesn't mm-hmm. even make like that's a that's a machine because like 90 i think d manufacture came out in like 95 and i heard that when i was like nine or some shit mm-hmm. um but yeah when i heard that i was like this is this is the coolest fucking thing i've ever heard that is so fucking badass i want i want to do that and then so those three and then my buddy matt matt blancett he showed me and justice for all by metallica Mm-hmm. And like I was, it was it was such a fucking intense experience for me when I heard that. Like I was like I was I was in sixth grade, so it was eleven. And I remember I cried because like I, it's like I couldn't comprehend what was happening. Like this mm-hmm. is this is something else. This is something else entirely. And like how have I not heard this? And I need to do this. I need to understand this more. And like I have like, this huge draw. And then the final one was um, I was twelve. I was twelve, turning thirteen. And I heard uh, we we uh, so like we were really poor when we were growing up, mm-hmm. um, so we had like just like two or three channels. And then um, my mom hustled her ass off selling candles, <laughs> of all things, and she like did massage practicing, and so she like, she like made a lot of money for us. And so we got um, like dish satellite dish, and so we had uh, Much Music USA at the time. I think it's called Fuse now. Um, and I there was uh, this show called Uranium. And that was like the show that they played all like the new metal bands that were, that were coming out at the time. Mm-hmm. And one of whom was uh, Shadows Fall. And I heard Thoughts Without Words. Um, and like, I was like, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, 100%. And I, like, I just like, could not get over how, like, how their riffs were, how complicated it all sounded. And like, that was, I think that was my biggest draw to like learning music was like the more complicated it sounded the more I wanted to do it because I just like wanted to understand like how you fucking, how do you do that? That's so sick. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, shadows falls, the, the war within was the like last nail in the coffin. When I heard that record, like that's hundred percent what I'm going to be doing for, for, for the rest of my life to some degree. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, some more questions that I have, I guess in terms of like, so it sounds like it, you know, it started kind of early and then like the more that you learned, the more you're like hungry for it. Mm-hmm. What was your, I guess, learning process like for either learning the the bass or the drums? It was kind of uh, back and forth. I can remember there was like a time where like there'd be like a week I would practice drums and be a week I'd practice bass. And I was like always like go back and forth mm-hmm. or, or even like days like we just like do a complete day of just like practicing drums. And, and also at the time I was, you know, an idiot. And I didn't learn proper technique until I was like 29, to be honest. <laughs> it's like my whole playing is like completely different now. Um, but that's I mean like if you have like no resources, like kind of pre-internet mm-hmm. <clears throat> to a de- I mean, to a degree, like, you know, we had the internet, but you know, we had like dial up and shit. Um, so not a lot of like learning resources and like the mm-hmm. only teacher that we had, like we couldn't afford. <laughs> so I like learned on my own um, and like learned really, really, really bad technique. 
So it just like took me a lot of time to like unlearn that and mm-hmm. like because like I would like be into the guise of I the song sounds really hard to play, so I need to feel like it's like a really hard thing to do. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm not metal enough, and I'm not like um, hmm. not I'm not like sacrificing myself enough for this thing. I'm not like paying my dues enough. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it's like not not a good thought at all. Because <laughs> like your life should be. I mean, I don't think there's should be a, a should, ironically, but uh, <laughs> I feel that a healthier and more balanced life comes with doing things that um, you find great pleasure in and have ease doing it over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, like my complete, my philosophy of uh, how I approach art, like there's still remnants of that just because of like, the sheer time of me practicing in the shitty ways there's still like mm-hmm. bits of that but it's more so like unlearning how to do that and like and having greater output with less um stress mm-hmm. and yeah i um, feel like that's a metaphor for just getting older too yeah i think for, so too. not just for like art related things but i guess just like life stuff too you like unlearn a lot of stuff about you and your past and kind of growing from that i suppose yeah and like i feel it's like a it's a really good rite of passage for particularly particularly creative people like you, mm-hmm. you there's like the in my case is like the the metalhead elitist who's like this is the only way it can be and fucking fuck everybody else and all mm-hmm. this shit um and that's a really important phase to go through because like you you develop you you know exactly what you like and this is like gospel to you. So you have like a passion and drive to do shit mm-hmm. where if it was like the other way around, like, Oh, okay, fucking like anything can kind of just go anywhere. You don't really have <laughs> any like real, um, how can I put it? Like, like want or like love for, for something. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I mean, like I think like the more extreme that you get when you're younger and you kind of get that out of your system. Um, cause you can't like, a, that's a completely unsustainable as you get older, unless you're like a fucking crazy person, which mm-hmm. I've, I've known, I've known like three crazy people <laughs> in my life. Just total of three. Total, total of three <laughs> crazy people. Um, but that, that phase it's is like, enough. it doesn't go away. Um, and it becomes more of like a mental illness and like a crutch. And so there's no like development. It's, you know, hmm. but in, in conjunction to, in, in, um, uh, correlation to music and how I, have developed i i i feel like if i didn't have that passion i wouldn't like want to really do anything in my life i, I would just kind of be like always like i can just, i can kind of do this or i can just kind of do this and i wouldn't really have any real direction or sense of self okay so it sounds like <clears throat> if you're if you're learning this new thing and you're kind of being hard on yourself for like, I guess not being purist enough mm-hmm. for whatever practice. You're being that a you're... fucking poser. Yeah. <laughs> um, so was like, was actually like learning the instruments or like songs actually like frustrating to you or was it more of like, did you take it more as like a challenge? Um, I took it more as, as a challenge. There'd be some songs that were just like, I fucking hate this. Um, but I definitely found it more like, like the learning of things, particularly music and like how instruments work and shit that's always been very, very um, rewarding. Like learning new techniques on bass, like like learning how to like slap or like double double thumb picking. Like that mm-hmm. was, and or like learning how to tap. When I learned how to tap, that was like a whole fucking phase of my life. Like I was like twenty one, and like um, Animals as Leaders was like just coming out, and that's like a huge gent full genty kind of band. They're like this instrumental band that like um, really fucking paved the way. In nowadays for like that style of like instrumental music and mm-hmm. you know, they're legendary like Tosin Abasi is like a fucking virtuoso and they have Matt Garsko who's like this j- percussion genius um so when I heard music like that I was like that's that was another that was a, that was another kind of awakening for me too it was like I need to like learn how to tap and mm-hmm. do that kind of music somehow because that is the coolest fucking thing and like bands like them and like Periphery and tesseract like uh, when they were first starting out that was mm-hmm. you know that so, so the whole thing now yeah <laughs> i gotta i gotta be taking note of like all these these songs and bands that you're mentioning because yeah. do you do you like metal uh i do like listening to it i'm just not as familiar with like okay 
which is people. Yeah. Same with same with uh, me with EDM. Yeah. Like, I listen to it and depending on my mood because I can't listen to that shit all the fucking time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely mood dependent. <clears throat> yeah, definitely mood. <laughs> <laughs> but ironically, like metal, I can just kind of listen to that whenever. Mm. Like it doesn't really matter what. Um, but yeah, like, I'll listen to EDM. Like this is fucking. This is super dope. Yeah. It it depends on yeah like right. you said it it just depends on like the mood I think there's because there's such a, a wide variety um, oh god yes it it really yeah it, <clears throat> it just comes in like ebbs and flows but like with so for me with like metal like I do really like listening to it um, I basically like honestly like pretty much anything but like I guess newer kinds of like poppy country okay yeah um, like stadium country yeah yeah like how bo burnham breaks it down yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly that's like that's like the perfect yeah. fucking breakdown of country yeah, literally <laughs> yeah, yeah. um so so yeah and uh but i mean like I, even like with like listening to metal or even like some parts of edm there's like there's gonna be good stuff and there's gonna be bad stuff well that's that's anything yeah <laughs> um so it's like i said it, like i'm not i don't listen to it enough to be familiar with like who's got the good stuff for sure yeah who doesn't so i I feel like i'm not as familiar with like nuances of of that versus like and there's like so many sub genres of artists or not an artist but like of the genre that like if you've discovered like it's like i feel like a like you're fucking like a weed addict like, or you're like, like uh, you're, and you're talking to your friend. Like, yeah, does, does no, it's sm- not. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you're, like you're, you're talking to your friend who doesn't smoke weed, no. and they're like, uh, yeah, I, I don't like. It isn't. Is it like weed doesn't really do it for me? Like, oh, you, oh, have, you, you, have, you yeah. haven't found your strain yet, baby. It's, it's the same shit with the metal. Like, oh, you, you haven't found your fucking subgenre, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like for, you, you haven't heard. You haven't heard this song by Gujira, and you haven't heard this song by Tesseract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. you do, then you'll I'm, be fine. I'm excited. Yeah, you should definitely uh, send me your playlist because, like, I. I try to organize my music as much as I can by by genre. Okay. The difficulty with that is that there's a lot of overlap. Uh, and there's like, you know, you can get really, really granular with like, like I said, the nuances that make it one genre versus the other. Yeah. So it's like, I'll try to throw them into like kind of like an umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'd have to like get to know you better to understand, to, to like know what to send you also because i can just send you just like, yeah just send me all of it i'll okay. I'll, I'll listen to all of it okay i might not like all of it but i'll yeah, listen to all of it there's some there's, there's there's some shit on there like there's this yeah. okay there's this one band um that i found it's crazy because they're local this local band called sabulia i i uh, i recently filled in on uh, bass for this band death world reclamation who are fucking awesome you should check them out um but this opening band is called sabulia they were like some of the tightest it was like it was it was insane i couldn't believe they were local like they were like some of the tightest technical death metal i've ever fucking heard in my life mm-hmm. like even like more so than like the faceless or, or uh um zenith passage which are in amazing bands mm-hmm. especially fucking um zenith passage their their new record just dropped and it's like fucking what is going yeah. on there are times like this where i wish i had uh you know did re- video recordings of this podcast because that like expression amazing <laughs> it's just so good <laughs> i wish yeah. other people could see that you should yeah you should. well i mean that's like that's that's a was, lot of, that's was, a lot honestly, of work i was yeah no i was talking to to jenny and nicole like right before you got here about that specifically because they were just like oh when you're when you're sponsored or when you go big you can you have to you know, add the video portion. Yeah. Like I would, yeah. I would love to, I mean, but it is, it is like, you know, part of it is, is equipment cost Cause it's like, yeah, uh, you know, I could do like one camera. I could just be both of us. It's a little bit more professional if you have like three, like one for you, one for me, and then one for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's also like lighting that comes into, into play there too. And then yeah. what you mentioned also with, uh, it's it is more work it's a ton more work yeah you gotta you definitely um, have to hire somebody unless you're yeah. unless you just do this so yeah no that'd be that'd be fun yeah. um anyway yeah <laughs> or just be famous <laughs> yeah just hit the one billion dollar lottery yeah um i don't know if i even if i had the opportunity to do this full time i don't know if i would want to i feel like the pressure of like having to support myself would suck the fun out of it um i think it would i think um i it, guess you're it, a good you're a good uh, source for sort of i mean like it, it just depends on how you staff it yeah because like if it's like a fun thing that you just like do and then you hire other people to like do technical work then mm-hmm. yeah it could be fucking sick yeah totally you know um but i think it's important to like if you're if you're gonna do that 
like learn how to do that on your own so you like understand oh totally yeah how fucking tedious it is for sure yeah about an hour in i haven't asked you anything that i wanted to oh that's that's really cool <laughs> yeah that sounds uh, great, no it's great, fine this, it's a great, ha- great pace i'm having a good time okay so we talked a lot about your i guess influence into into music yes how did you get involved with ephemeral okay so the ephemeral happened <clears throat> kind of like a i don't know is a, a, a bit of a story. So I was in my band Hado at the time. I was a drummer for him. Mm-hmm. And we were practicing this is like this is after COVID. This was uh, 2021. We were practicing at the Mind's Eye Studio Mind's Eye Studio out in Mesa. And you know, rent's expensive over there. So we um we get other bands to like, you know, share the practice space. We like split the cost mm. and shit like that. So um we got Darren uh Senek, who's the he's like one of the main uh songwriters in the ephemeral uh he was an intern for my singer in hados at he used to be a sound guy so jeffy jeffy robbins he's a he's like a legendary sound guy in in the valley like everybody knows him um he works at uh right now he's at um like uh pub rock and yucca tap room every now and then um but he used to primarily be like the sound guy at uh club red back in the day so Darren interned under him. Um, Darren's been the ephemeral. He, he started it like five or six years ago. And so he got into our practice space. And then after COVID, our guitarist left. And so, I'm sorry, this is before before COVID, like right before COVID, our guitarist left. And so we asked uh, Darren if he wanted to be the other guitarist. Like, do you, do you, do you want to do this? Like, I know you're in the ephemeral, but like, do you want to do this? So he joined for a bit and it was, it was fun. Ah, we only played like one or two shows. Um, and then that band kind of dissolved and dur- like during like the end of it's like, like the end of Hado, um, I've, the, uh, Darren asked me if I could fill in for the ephemeral for, cause like they just fired their drummer. We need somebody to, um, to fill in. And like the first ever show I saw the ephemeral, I was like fucking blown away. Like, like, like they were kids. So, like they had, they, they had some polishing to do, but like the fucking music was so cool. Like, like that is the fucking, I want to be in that band someday. Like that is so cool. I remember like talking to Nick and he's like fucking six foot five. And I felt like I was, um, like his lesser to a degree. Cause like his music was like so much better. I'm like, if you fuck, cause I didn't really know any of them. Like if you ever need, so I'm gonna fill in. Like mm-hmm. I'm your I'm your dude. Like okay, cool. I'll I'll think. You know, if something any if something ever happens. And then like, um, as the years kind of go, I uh I've like I photographed them like one or two times. And then COVID ha- happened, and then I photographed them like again. And then they then they asked me to fill in. And then I remember that during that first practice, it was like complete night and day. So like in the in Hado, our uh, band dynamic it's it was it was good like we were friends but it just like wasn't that optimal like we had like me we, we butted heads a lot um we had we were all on different pages um but we you know made good music and that's like really what kept me in that band was like we made really fucking cool music but all the other factors like weren't really there like we'd be like indecisive about one thing we wouldn't communicate about another thing um, we, and one of us would be like really flaky one day. So like everything was just kind of off. And so when I practiced with the ephemeral, it felt like we were all just like, we've known each other for years. It felt like, and, um, we were all like on, we were all on the same page. We all wanted to do the ex- exact same thing. And we all love the music. I really love the music in the ephemeral. Like I absolutely love playing drums to those songs. And then we were unloading back at the practice space and i I look at jam like so you know i'm gonna i'm in this band right like yeah we we know we we have like the first the first time we jammed like you're you're the dude and yeah and the rest is history nice okay so i probably should have stepped back to can you explain to the audience what ephemeral no (laughs) (laughs) wrong where uh where you guys play and um i guess what kind of music uh the ephemeral is a prog metal band out of phoenix arizona Consisting of myself, uh, Nathan Dobins. I think that's how you pronounce his last name now that I'm thinking about it. I've, I've, I've never actually pronounced his last name. <laughs> Nathan Dobins, um, or Dobbins, with... Um, Dobbs. Dobbs, yeah. Nick Fraga on, on the vocals. Frogs. Uh, frogs. <laughs> Dobbs and frogs, <laughs> bro. Um, Derek, Darren Senek and um, Kieran, Kieran Lynch on guitar. 
we play primarily at Rebel, either Rebel Lounge or uh, Pub Rock or actually I think the back we haven't played Pub Rock with this lineup yet, um, but we will. Um, I'm like sort of drunk. Really? I'm doing completely. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's probably a good thing that I'm having this one then. Yes. One hundred percent. That's that's true. <laughs> that's good. Okay, that's good though. Okay. Uh, we play places here in the valley. And it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good to know. All right. I've never, I've honestly never been, I've definitely driven past Rebel Lounge, never been there before. Oh, oh great. Same thing with Pub Rock. I think I'm going to be going to more of these shows with Nicole. You should. Because um, I've we, always, I've wanted to check those places out. Sweet. Well, uh, we've also played Last Exit Live, which is the venue that we're going to be playing our CD release on the 26th of August. Nice. I actually have plans on the 26th. Well, of course you do. <laughs> why, why wouldn't <laughs> going you? Going to a rave. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I, think I, I uh, asked you about this and you said you're probably yeah i think so um but yeah uh, but i mean that's during the day so at night uh, okay we're, we're headlining too so it's like gonna Ooh. be later like like 9 or 10 p.m that would pro- honestly probably work that'd be sick yeah it's actually well i mean like if you're there for the whole show that'd be really sick because like there's fucking incredible bands on this bill mm-hmm. like uh the collapsian there's like my those are my boys they're like like this really awesome like post sludge doom metal it's fucking so good i can't not do this <laughs> I'm thinking about doom. i know i'm still i'm like picturing like oh fucking. fucking oh my god they're so good um not nearly and the writ the writ i saw them uh the last show i was at with um, the shores of ithaca cd release they're another local metal band also i was talking the other day with a buddy of mine and i've been going to a lot more shows recently because you know i'm healthier and you know uh mm. doing a lot more therapy uh but i'm going to a lot more shows and i'm like noticing that every fucking band is fucking great it's like the one of the first times like i've seen like everyone's like really fucking like going for it and like making really fucking cool music and like investing in merch and like buying each other's merch like the whole the the camaraderie nowadays is like i haven't really seen this like this in mm-hmm. in, in phoenix um, I mean, it was probably like this before, like I was like in the scene and all, but like I've never seen it like this. Like all the bands are fucking sick, Just sick bands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good that you kind of realize though that you want to go to more, more things, yeah, like more shows and stuff like that. Uh, not to say that I'm going to a ton, but like I've been trying to take that approach a little bit more too. Like if somebody's like, uh, like. Oh, let's go to let's go to this concert or do this thing or do that stuff. Like a lot of times, I guess in the past, I've just been like very hermit esque and been like, no, nah, I just kind of want to chill and do this stuff. But it's like, I think those experiences are important and they're they are legitimately fun. <clears throat> so I've been trying to. Yeah, I mean, we made them, them. We made them up for a reason. Yeah, like, we, have, like, <laughs> we have this urge to play in front of each other and like there's like there's like and there's not there's like no real. Like tangible, like material thing that like well besides like merchandise, but like thing that like it gives you back like monetarily or anything. It's like this mm-hmm. besides like it just being fucking cool. Yeah, you like want to see it just because it's cool. Yeah, yep. I guess so. Since you since you went into some detail about like how you got started with the ephemeral, mm-hmm. like, and earlier on you also mentioned like the few components that you would that I guess just all bands need in order to to continue really? on doing yeah like to have doing. it to have it as a career yes yes um so for for you i guess what are some of the bigger challenges of being part of of this band that you have to work on i guess constantly if at all being motivated yeah for sure <clears throat> yeah um yeah a huge huge struggle with you know like deadlines and getting shit going and being it, like when you brought up the pressure thing like where there's pressure oh, yeah, yeah. it's like i just procrastinate like a motherfucker. <laughs> I just like don't want to fucking do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes when it's crunch time, like today is crunch time for me. Mm. Um, I'm like, and you're here. I appreciate yeah, that. I'm, like I'm turning in a bunch of shit and like transferring a bunch. Of, I'm like selling my my laptop also. But yeah, getting like because like all my main work is like creative and like also like post. But I think actually the biggest fucking thing is posting on social media. God damn it, it's the fucking worst. But like we like hit, for like promotion because like the 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 key in this whole fucking game is consistency. Like mm-hmm. if you're not consistent, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. The end. Like, but and so like maintaining the consistency is a bitch. And like I'm really bad at it. Like so ter- so terrible at it. Really like 
being with my friends again and like dealing with my issues, that's really helping me doing, getting me get back to like really doing. Cause I remember when I was like uh, 19, 20 or like, you know, even up to like 24, I was like doing this shit all the fucking time. Like I just like could not, like I lived and breathed it. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm going through my, you know, my issues and um, I'm like burying life and not really like, taking caring, taking care of myself, like burying life with like life. Like I'm saying yes to everything. And uh, you're just like ignoring the n- stuff that you should be paying attention n- to. N- I wouldn't even say ignore just straight up neglect. Mm. Just Like I know I need to do this, but I'm just like not fucking doing it because there's pressure. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not fucking do that. Cause like, again, I want things to be kind of done for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, or even during the, at the beginning of the day, that's like real, real detrimental. And so, um, yeah, that's definitely the one thing that I struggle with is like just being motivated and posting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But like, but, um, more so since like, we're like playing a lot together and like we're getting we like got our masters back for the record and i'm like i have like this huge amount of inspiration because like i'm not like i've never heard myself on like a real deal album like Mm -hmm. it's like i've like i've made albums before but i've never been on like a metal record that sounded like this so i'm hearing this like me i want to like promote the shit out of this because like it's it sounds so cool i'm like really really proud of the performances we all got particularly darren's like darren he fucking like he did such a good good such a good job on the record and so now i'm like i have like this huge surge of inspiration so like i did all the uh the art direction for the record and that was like a lot of fun to do and you know shirt designs and shit like that and my room <laughs> so fair enough okay yeah. so in terms of other uh challenges or adversity that you face in this uh, field of work there are two others that kind of come to mind at least for someone who's not super musically inclined and is obviously not familiar with like being in a band or the logistics of that so um, are you able to speak to any challenges or adversity that come with either um, one the systematic problems of I guess being in a local band if any um, and then to the mental or financial financial challenges um, to continue doing this project as well. Okay, that's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel there's like this. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I guess in terms of the systematic stuff where I was coming from, it's just like how venues are run or being being able to like publish your music somewhere that's not in a live format or even um, conflicts with like marketing platforms or anything like that so it's the best and worst time to be to be a musician because everything's at at our fingertips and case by case with venues some venues suck most of them here are fucking great like promoters want to work with you like uh kim with 13th floor she's she runs a lot of shows um she's fucking great uh, I've only really uh, ran into like maybe one promoter that was like kind of weird, but that's like, as far as being able to put your music out, it's definitely the easiest time ever to do that. And all your, your, your biggest hurdle, the, your biggest systematic hurdle is yourself. The end. Cause you can get a job. You can save a little bit of money, put your shit out on DistroKid for like a hundred bucks. Um, that's it. You can just you can just do that, but if you want to go the extra, like, that's like that's like one of the things I love about the industry now. It's like it's really up to you. Like you can do everything on your own. You don't like the the big the the best thing about labels is like distribution. It's like they're really their thing, and you know in like, and there's so much knowledge that's like at our fingertips of like uh, guiding people to pursue these kind of careers like you just like need to if you want to do this invest money in getting a uh, publicist or invest money in getting a marketing manager or just like a excuse me uh not even a band manager but like a content creator mm-hmm. you know like these there's things that you can do that that you you actually can do like you don't have to be in la you don't have to be in new york to, to like really do like have a great career and also um if you're just like fucking incredible on your instrument and like you and like everything just kind of like makes sense you like you'll just blow up on youtube you know um like tosin abasi like i didn't really know him before he like started posting shit on youtube and like this 
like what the fuck is this? And I was like, and like I kept on like rewatching these videos and rewatching these videos. So everything's just kind of, like it's just it, it, also, it also is like luck and timing as well. So I would just say make music that is that is honest to you that you love that you like. If you were to um, want to put on a record, this would be the, what you would want to put on, and be consistent and be honest. If like you can do those three things, then you'll have like somewhat of a decent career, you know? So then the second part of that question too, and I guess in terms of like the mental or financial challenges that come with, uh, with being in a band or being in this field of work in the first place, like what, what are those? And I guess, how do you overcome those as well? Um, well, financial is, especially in the metal world, it's very expensive to play for sure. Especially being a drummer. Because mm-hmm. and if you're not sponsored, like you, you break symbols, and there's all, and also like investing in your own uh, merch, um, you know, paying photographers, paying videographers, uh, music videos, those costs add up really quick. Um, sorry, could you repeat the question again? <laughs> oh, so I no, I guess just like what are some of the like the the mental or financial challenges, yeah. and then what are some ways to I guess overcome them? In I guess in your experience, again, yeah, again, consistency, consistency, and like having a day job for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think uh, yeah, I feel like that's a that's a really common element with like everybody that I've talked to that's in sort of like a um a creative, I guess professional field. Yeah, um, and like I say, it's like I'm. And I think a lot of research supports that too. It's like if you have a day job or you if you're being uh, more risk averse. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, there's not there is definitely instability in like pursuing a, a creative. Yeah. Um, or actually, I would say I would say uh, make. I would say learn a trade. To be honest, like know your abilities. Like if you're <clears throat> good at recording people, uh, record the people. If you're good at making art for bands pick our brother bands um accumulate the skills that's like in your particular like in our in like our genre like there's so many different avenues that you can do you can like you can you can uh make patches for bands you can like you know you can uh, silk screen like uh gabby from uh the, the venomous pinks she she runs up a screen printing shop such a cool yeah they're, they're a punk, they're a punk band they're, they've been around for a while that's sick. They're, yeah, they're, and they're they're like really blowing up now, which is like really fucking cool to see. But yeah, Gabby, uh, she, I think her her merch is uh, Gabby Chaos. She runs her own. So cool. <laughs> yeah, she she runs her own her own uh, her her own uh, silk screening uh, press, and she has like a website for it and oh, all cool. this shit. And she'll so shout to her. Um, uh, but there's other bands like that that do those those things as well. And also, you can like you can be a producer. You can like be a mixing engineer. Uh, you could be photo- like I did photog- photography for a bit, but I I got kind of burnt out on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's like so many different trades that you can learn in in the genre, and also like apply it other 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 places as well. You know, um, yeah, it's just and again, like that's really just a matter of like your drive as well. Like, what kind of future do you want? Like, do you want to be financially stable so you can like actually be be truly free, or do you want to kind of be like the artist? who mm-hmm. got, uh, is always suffering. And like, I do feel a part of both for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like nothing that I am going to ever do is, is good enough. And I need to really like, uh, suffer for my art and, you know, die with it. Uh, but the other part is like, you know, this is like it's, music is something that we just create as like, we, we create it cause we want to create mm-hmm. it. So like, there's no reason for you to just create it, but also not you like you, there's, there's no reason to like have unnecessary suffering for your art mm-hmm. yeah i think that goes into i didn't write down anything about what you said specifically but you mentioned earlier just like mm-hmm. having a balance i forget what the context was um specifically but i think that kind of fits into the uh that story kind of perfectly mm-hmm. like okay yeah uh, there's like the, the financially safe i was actually talking to my last uh last guest that i published an episode for we're talking about like, okay, you really need to find a balance between, you know, wanting to, wanting to do your art, um, and then just being able to like, you know, live yeah, <laughs> and make money doing it. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be like, you know, in an ideal world, you would have, uh, the, the making art part would allow you to live. Um, but in many cases it's like, you got to find a balance of both. Again, it's case by case. 
Yeah. You know, like um, my roommate Caesar, he is a phenomenal artist and a phenomenal musician. But he doesn't want to do, like he could 100% do it as a career, but he doesn't want to do that because like it takes like the fun out of it. Yeah. But he likes to have like a separate life for it. Like he likes to have a separate, like I like make getting new skills from things that I never really would because he he uh, he works at um, American Express now. Well, a company that like American Express hires, but he like manages some shit. But he loves learning about negotiation, and he wouldn't really do that with like like music and like um. Yeah, it's again, it's case by case. For for me, I don't know if I can actually truly just because I, I there's no way I could just do just art. Like I would have to be really focused on the other aspects of like maintaining a band, which is I think one of the reasons why I really like being in a band because like there's a lot of like groundwork and a lot of busy work, and I'm a busy body. So if I'm just doing like something abstract, like creating like a like whatever we need to for the album or or someone else or uh you know doing a bunch of photos like i get really manic when i'm creative and so if i'm creating all the time i'm fucking manic all the time which means i'm not eating i'm not really doing much of anything else besides doing this so that's not a recipe for for success for me so again it's, it's case by case um yeah i would really just understand yourself before you can like really you know make the, make those decisions but actually that's kind of the whole fun of life as well. Of like, you know, you stumble forward. <clears throat> well, you fail forward. We're all, we're all stumbling through this mm-hmm. whole thing. So, you know, learn how you fail and learn how you want to not fail. <laughs> right. You know. Okay. So it's like, uh, kind of, I mean, on the same um, topic of like, I guess, challenges that you might face um, doing this stuff. Uh do you have, I mean, I'm sure you have thoughts on this, but like, what are your thoughts on the importance of supporting local venues? Oh, that's, that's how we, or local bands. Yeah. Even. That's how both. we, yeah, both. <laughs> that's how we, that's how this whole thing works. <laughs> that's like, this. so, it's so incredibly important. And like, that was a big thing of, it's a big part of my life that I've like neglected is not going to enough shows. Cause I would like go to shows like maybe like once a month, maybe like once or every two months mm-hmm. for like the longest time for like no reason. Besides, I was feeling like I just didn't want to do much or anything. But, like, I was like, well, people should show up to my band. But, like, I'm not really supporting the culture. And that's the whole mm. thing. It's like, this is a culture. And if you're not really showing up, it's like showing up for you. It's like show, like like being, like, a, a bad friend or, a, you know, a, or a really good friend. It's like you show up for your friends. Like, you make the time. And you're showing that you care. And if you're not showing that you care, this whole thing doesn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but there's always going to be someone who cares. And I hope that someone is you for sure, you know, mm-hmm. whoever you may be. So how, how would, I guess, um, in terms of like lay people or like casuals, that's such a, I feel like it's such a derogatory Ooh, fucking casuals. Just say, <laughs> people, people who enjoy this, uh, like enjoy whatever music or, or going to a certain kind of genre locally, like on a casual basis. What, what do you think would be the biggest draw for them? to go and support local venues or local bands uh either the band is really sick or <laughs> <laughs> that's it if you go because it's sick it, i mean like if you're well, well okay so we gotta break down what he was like a casual listener then well casual let's say okay yeah. so like uh let's use me as an example okay. so i didn't go to your last show awesome. when i had the opportunity to so cool like what what should be the draw for me to go to to a show uh and i guess go kind of out of my way to listen to music that i like but i'm not like a frequent listener to to. um i think with you particular you'd be supporting your friend um i guess we're friends now yeah we're friends now (laughs) um yeah supporting your friends and then through that you either find out that you do or don't like or or don't like the, the style of music you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's fine. Like I've been, like, I've had numerous like work friends who like will go out to the show, but like that's the only time they're gonna ever gonna go go to a show, which is completely fine because like that's also like dishonest mm-hmm. for you to like just go just to see your friend, which is which is sick. And like that's that's fucking really cool. But like if you're not really enjoying the whole thing, then it's like it kind of gets taxing. Yeah. I would feel. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, 
I wouldn't go to like a bunch of shows I just I didn't really like. I would I would feel like really fucking weird about it after a while. Like I, I would be sick. Yeah. Like 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 if my friend was playing a show that in a genre that I didn't really like. Like if someone like if I had a friend who was in a pop country band, and I would go support him, but I would that would really kind of be it. Like I would see that. Like I really that's sick that you fucking do this. I see you. I wish you the fucking best. You know. And if it's like a big show that you like, it's important that like you like the numbers are, are there. Like I, I more than like we'll we'll go to that show as well. But um, but yeah, like again, like any any genre, uh, it's it's is an ecosystem. Like you have your core your core people, you have your um people who like go to shows every now and then. And then you have like friends and family. Like like mm-hmm. that's always how it's gonna be. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, so talked about the importance of supporting local venues. So, assuming that you're with the ephemeral during COVID, um, how did that impact your experience as a live performer or um, even as a musician? So I wasn't in okay. in the ephemeral during COVID. Um, it impacted it because it was not available, and so when it was finally available, it, like everyone was like, "Let's, let's fucking go hard as hard as we can all the time now because it's fucking great and we missed this." Mm-hmm. For sure. So yeah, COVID was a, a, a positive impact. I mean, like, there was like some goofy shit with like venues and shit. Like you can't, you you, you know, you have to be vaccinated, vaccinated to like even approach the fucking door. And that was that was really polarizing for for people for sure. Um, and like a lot of ticket sales like super went went, went super down because of that. And like just like didn't want to support venues who who did that. Um, but when that was like kind of done, everyone just like the floodgates were just fucking open. And, and like now I feel like the, this, the scene and live music is like stronger than ever. This is good. This is good. Yeah. Um, how, are you, how are you doing? How are you, how are you doing that? Second? I mean, I'm feeling it for sure. You feeling it? But I'm also feeling it. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. I also don't have to go anywhere. So that's sick. That's really cool. <laughs> I like that. I like that for you. Yeah. And I'm glad that I'm witnessing it. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Between the Soup. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the discussion or what ideas resonated with you the most. So feel free to DM me on Instagram at betweenthesoup.pod. Also, if there's someone in mind that you think might be a good guest on the show, feel free to DM me as well so I can grab details from you. Uh, Thanks again so much for listening. On a Tuesday, mate. It's fucking Tuesday, isn't it? It's a Tuesday, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Okay. That's how I, that's how I know you're toasted. <laughs> Absolutely flipped. <laughs> <laughs>